Welcome to DLC Live, your source for educational and inspirational interviews with mental health experts and advocates from around the world. Now, here's your host, creator of the DLC Anxiety Worldwide Mental Health Community, Dean Stott. Hi. Hi, Brittany. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Am I too close? I'm trying to like hold the camera far away. No, no, you're working out. Looks good. Looks good. Yay. How's it Andrew going? Punk. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem at all. And you're punctual as well. Like literally bang on time as well. I actually set an alarm. I was like, I'm not going to be late because I'm always late for shit. I was like, I'm not going to be late for this. So, nice. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so firstly, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking uh, half an hour out of your day to, to speak to the followers um, who've had some really interesting questions that they'd like to ask you and just get an insight into, obviously, how you're using your platform um, to help spread awareness of mental health, which is really, really cool, and I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the community. Um, so just to... Thank you. I love your page. Your That's... page helps so much yeah like it's amazing so so grateful no that's brilliant thanks Brittany um just for everyone who might not know your journey um what inspired you to start talking about mental health um openly is that from like what's your put have you got a personal journey regarding anxiety or panic attacks yeah so I went, had a very traumatic childhood and I started having panic attacks when I was like seven years old and I would beg my dad to take me to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack at seven years old. So it was as early as seven? Early yeah really early and I just couldn't I couldn't control my breathing and my heart was beating out of my chest just because I was in such a stressful situation at the time and my dad would you know, my dad was really nice. My parents were getting divorced. So it was like a very, you know, intense divorce. And mm -hmm. my dad would drive me to the emergency room and the nurses would be like, you're just having a panic attack. And I, that's the first time I heard that word and I didn't know what it meant. And I was like, wow, um, what is that? You know? And so I started learning about it, but it took me years, honestly, because at first I thought that you know, that was just something they were calling it, but I was actually dying. And I, several times later, I would still have my dad take me to the emergency room only for them to get used to me and say, oh, she's just having a panic attack. And I just was like, what is this panic attack? Cause it like, it makes me literally feel like I'm about to die. And yeah. that's when they started for me. And so it just became like a crazy journey of me trying to figure out how to cope and I struggled for a really long time till I was about 16 and then I started becoming suicidal and I started cutting and it was just all these other ways to, you know, get my anxiety out, you know, the endorphin rush from cutting. I was like, you know, doing that and I was really quiet about it. And then I got called. It was a, um, a physical day at school because some kids, I went to public school and some kids couldn't afford physicals. And so, yeah everyone had to get a physical at school. And I knew that when they took my long sleeves off, they were going to see and my pants that like I was cutting. And so I like just tried everything I could to have them not see that. And they, the principal came in and she was a female and she was like, you have to get your physical. Everyone's getting physicals and was like really aggressive. And then we're like, uh, and then they called an ambulance and it was so dramatic. And I ended up going to a um, 
a mental health institution and I was there for a while and that was one of the worst experiences of my life and made my anxiety okay. much worse. <laughs> and uh, how long were you there for? That's when I, sorry? How long were you there about for? A, sorry? About a week, right. about a week. Um, and it was really horrible and the, it was dirty and it was just like really awful. And um, I remember the first night there I was crying in my room and the girl next to me was like, shut up, shut up. And I was crying and the nurse came in and she was like, be quiet, be quiet. And she kept yelling at me and I was, oh. I couldn't stop crying. And I was trying to muffle my crying. And then the girl in my room was like, she's keeping me awake. And then the nurse comes and grabs me like by the shirt and like drags me down the hallway and shows me this like metal door that had like a little slat on it. And she goes, this is the quiet room. She's like, if you don't shut up, this is where you go. And she opened oh. it up and it was like, a piss stained mattress and like padded walls and it was smelled so bad and like it was just so traumatizing so that like added to my trauma it like didn't help the situation um but anyway when i got out of there they basically did outpatient for a little bit and i had to get on a medication and so they ended up putting me on effexor for like the panic attacks and stuff yeah. and, um it worked for a really long time i actually was 16 when i got put on it and so i'm 34 now and i'm still on it when i first was put on it they put me on 150 milligrams and i managed to wean myself down um, i got tms therapy which is i'm sure you've heard of it transcranial yeah. magnetic stimulation so i had that done and that actually really helped and i was did that while i was weaning down on the effexor and I took, cause Effexor withdrawal, I don't know if you know about Effexor, it's like a really gnarly antidepressant and like the withdrawal is insane. And so I had to take um, Prozac and do the TMS as I weaned myself down to 37.5. And I've been on 37.5 for like a while now. Do you get any and side effects from the medication? Um, with the Effexor, I did really well for a really long time until about like two years ago, I started getting really bad chest pain from it because it makes your heartbeat really fast and i think just like years being on it like effector is one of the antidepressants that doesn't cause weight gain because it's more of a stimulant than it is a uh you know depressive one like a zoloft yeah. or like a um you know so basically because it's all more of a stimulant base it makes your heart rate go up and so i started getting really bad chest pains and i thought something was wrong with my heart again and then i started having panic attacks again around that and I, my, I went to my cardiologist and they said, you know, sometimes Effexor has this effect in long-term use. It can have cardi, um, cardio, um, I don't know what, something with your heart it, after a long time of being yeah. on it. And I'd been so long. So then that's what I, why I weaned myself down because, and my chest pain went away. So now oh. I'm on the low dose, I'm on starting dose. And I really only get chest pain when I'm having a panic attack and my heart is really pumping. Yeah. Like I, I had one not that long ago um and i went to the er because you know when they're happening and this is like the sad thing and people that don't have them don't understand that like when it's happening you're scared for your life like oh, it, is the most, it is the most intense terrifying like you lose full body control at least i do i shake my heart rate goes up over 170. Like I can't sit still. Like I'm freaking out. I feel like my heart's going to explode. I'm going to die, pass yeah. out, whatever. So are, you, are you sweating as well? Sweating, like, you know, yeah. dizziness, like the whole room looks crazy. Like, you know, and I disassociate a lot as well. And that can kind of trigger my panic attack. And for people that are watching and don't know what that is, is like, um, 
So I could be sitting here and having this conversation with you and part of me like kind of drifts off and like, I'll look at my hand and even though this is my hand, I won't feel like it's my hand <laughs> and you know, like I'm yeah. sort of sitting inside myself and that can kind of trigger it. But most of the time my panic attacks happen around traveling. Like if I'm leaving the country because I'm scared that there's not a hospital nearby or like, you know, if I'm going to like Mexico, I have, you know, ner I'm nervous, like, oh my God, like what if something happens or, you know, how am I going to be taken care of? It's, it's when it all is based around like safeness, you know? So do you get that on like a, like a long haul flight? So if you're on like a plane for 10 hours, would you yeah, start to feel like it. so, it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. I have Valium for like, you know, those situations and for when I try, like, you know, have an extreme panic attack and then I take, um, this Terravita Relax CBD that actually works amazing for like just during the day when I don't want to be like completely dunked out on Valium because Valium's so strong. Mm -hmm. I can actually still function and like be calmer, which is nice. Um, so I use that and uh, yeah, no, it's really hard. And I've been in therapy for years and I've been to several psychiatrists and several psychologists and all of them tell me like, you know, there's no perfect answer. Like you just have to work on you every day and for me, the biggest thing is exposure therapy. So my triggers are going away and feeling unsafe. So I have to put myself in situations like that in order to get over this. Yeah. That's the only way for me. Like, obviously, with the medication and with the therapy that I'm doing with my therapist, but a bigger part of it is, you know, getting myself out there and telling like you know going to dinner and coming back or going somewhere uh, several hours away by myself in a car and driving back and making mm -hmm. it and going okay so I've done this several times it's going to be okay so that's yeah. what I'm really working on um but yeah it's not easy I mean like look I'm 34 years old and I and I remember my parents and my grandmother telling me like oh as you get older like it'll start to go away it hasn't no no <laughs> like, it's um, like <laughs> i was just gonna say i think with the with the exposure therapy as well that's a really really good advice especially when someone's dealing with panic attacks so for myself i hate flying like flying the second i'm on a plane i'm worrying about anything that can go wrong with the plane right. But I, I still put myself out there and manage to do long-haul flights. Um, and I think it's when when it starts to interfere and you start stopping doing them things, you can then start to spiral uh, down, well, down a really negative hole yeah. that's hard to get out of. So I think why you said that exposure therapy is really important. It's so important. And, you know, honestly, taking time for yourself is so important. And I never really used to do this. And I always kind of like... Um, brushed off people that were like meditation is important and like really grounding yourself is important. Mm -hmm. And I used to kind of be like, yeah, whatever with all that hoo-ha, you know, like I didn't really believe in it, but, um, you know, really taking time every day, if you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling stressed to, to sit down and do even like a 10 minute, um, meditation on YouTube where you just close your eyes and you don't have to be perfect at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have wandering thoughts. I think a lot of people, shy away from meditation because they're like oh i can't focus but it's not always about that it's just the fact of taking that time to be still for like 10 yeah. minutes even if you can do it it really greatly helps i mean there's so many things i've learned that have helped me um you know even just carrying my my valium with me even though i hardly ever take it it's like my security blanket i know mm -hmm. i have it just in case um i have like 
gone to every doctor. I've had everything checked out, my heart, my lungs, my head, my everything. And they're like, you're normal. It's just mental illness. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like it's, you know, sometimes we need that reassurance and that's fine. I think that's good. I, I think yeah. if, you, if you're worried about, you know, your heart or, you know, whatever, go get it checked. Like if you need that, I have, my doctor is really great. Um, his name is Dr. Imrani and he's in Tarzana and he's near me and he's like, anytime you want to come in and just get a little look, you know, have me look at you and let me know, let you know you're okay. I'm more than happy to do that. And it's really yeah. nice to find doctors that understand um, because a lot of what I have is health anxiety. It's health related. It's, you know, it's all like, you know, me thinking something's going to happen to me and I'm not going to be able to be saved. That's like the biggest part of it. So. And then like with you, with yourself, um, once you've been to the doctor, is that enough rea reassurance for yourself? Or would you find that the anxiety might come back later on? Or do you find that once you've been to the doctor and explained the physical symptoms you've been getting, if he then turns around and says, oh, it's just anxiety, is that is that good enough for you then? You know, for a while it wasn't because I kept thinking like, oh, this guy's wrong. He missed something. Mm. Um, you know, and I felt like, you know, they were just making something up or like they were just pushing me away because I'm a woman and women, you know, I feel like a lot of doctors don't take women seriously because they're like, oh, she's a woman. She's just being fanatical or whatever. But yeah. um, after going to several different doctors and having several different doctors tell me the same exact thing, you know, I would have these. I mean, I'm talking about chest pain where I would literally clench my chest and double over and yeah. the pain goes through to my back. It's insane. It's like absolutely insanely painful. And they would just tell me, you're just having anxiety. And I have actually a little bit of a mitral valve prolapse, which is where my mitral valve is a little bit misshapen, but nothing to write home about, they said. But that also attributes to like the pain when my heart is beating out of my chest. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so another thing, um, a lot of things I also don't do is I don't drink any caffeine. I have no coffee. Um, I try not to, you know, if it's like, if I'm having, I love chocolate, but you know, anything that has caffeine or any kind of stimulant in it, I try yeah. to stay away from, and that's helped me a lot. And I know a lot of people are like, how do you live without coffee? But you get used to it, yeah. you know, you start you and you feel a lot calmer and you actually will have less panic attacks with no caffeine. So if you try to remain like caffeine free, meditate, you know, I have the CBD that really helps me take Valium for emergencies, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. I've heard EMDR is great. I've had yet to try it. And then you okay. really have to put yourself out there and you have to expose yourself. You know, you have to really expose yourself to the situations that make you feel uncomfortable because that's the only way you're going to get through them. You know, the only way out is through. It no, really, definitely. Yeah. You can't, you can't become a recluse. Cause I did that for a year. Like my, when I first got popular on Vine and I was making all these funny videos, I actually wasn't leaving my house. I like didn't leave my house for like an entire year and it was really hard. And you know, I, I learned that, you know, I can go, I started little and start small. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go to the gas station and get gas and I'm going to mm -hmm. come back home, do that a couple times. Then I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to come back home, you know? And, you can feel uncomfortable and you can have the uncomfortable sensations. Um, I read a really great book called Dare by Barry McDonough. Have you heard about yeah, that I've book? Heard, yeah, I've read that That's book, yeah. Fantastic book and I recommend it to anyone who's struggling with panic or anxiety. Dare by Barry McDonough. 
put it on your phone, put it in your ears. And as you're walking around the store or as you're grocery shopping, play this book because you will feel comforted. You will feel not alone in these sensations. All these sensations yeah. with anxiety are just your body telling you fight or flight. You know, it's all Definitely. primitive. It's like we have these, this adrenaline rush from back in the day when a tiger would come attack us, we needed that quick dose of adrenaline you're in trouble, you know, but this is your body just trying to protect you. It's sending you false alarms. It thinks you're in trouble, but you're not. No, and that's really so, good advice. And so the, and another thing is, is like your body can't sustain that adrenaline rush forever. It's going to end. Okay. So it's going to be uncomfortable for a little while, but it's going to end because that's not even physically po possible to stay at that level. So, you know, one of the things Barry says in his book is to welcome your anxiety attack. So, one of the things that I started doing lately is when I'm in public and if I feel one coming on in my head, I'm like, okay, bring it on. Let's go. Come on. What you got? Like you have to kind of like challenge it. And even yeah. though it's going to suck and it's going to be scary, you just have to really push through. Um, and I think when you do that as well, you start to feel that um, when you're almost shouting for the anxiety to come, you feel that the anxiety is not coming. It doesn't come as strong as it would do. Um, and I think that's really important. And there's a few questions I've got from the followers that they wanted to ask you some questions Absolutely. if you're up for answering them, yeah? And the first one is, have you ever hidden um, your mental health or anxiety flare-ups? And, and if, if you did hide them in the past, what's the reason that obviously you use your platform now to, to really open up a discussion on mental health? Well, for a while, I was like a lot of people and I was really embarrassed and really ashamed of it. You know, like when I was cutting, I didn't want anyone to know when I was struggling. I didn't want anyone to know I would go to school and be the class clown. No one had any idea that I was suffering. Mm -hmm. It was embarrassing because, you know, you don't want to be looked at as crazy or whatever the stereotypes that people say to people that are struggling with their mental health. And then as time passed, I just got sort of angry and frustrated because I felt like there wasn't enough support, public support, and there wasn't, there's not enough celebrities, I feel like, coming out, and not that I'm a celebrity, but people with a platform coming out and saying, like, I struggle with my mental health, and it's okay yeah. to do that. And it really frustrated me that I wasn't seeing that, and it was hard when I would get into a relationship and I would have a panic attack for the first time and my boyfriend would be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, are you possessed? You know, like, cause I shake and my eyes roll back in my head and it's really yeah. scary. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be public about it and just let people know, like, this is something I deal with. And the more that I've done that, the more I've met other people that come to me or message me and say like, I'm so glad you shared, like I deal with the same thing. And it's kind of built like a little community for me. And, you know, with, like I'm sure you've had the same experience yeah. having your page. And um, so it's done a lot for me in terms of, um, it makes me feel comforted to know that like I'm not dealing with this by myself. And then it also is sort of liberating in a way that it's not something that I have to hide, you know? Yeah, like, definitely. You know, because I'm I act and when I'm on set, like sometimes if I have to get up really early for some reason, like if I'm tired, I usually triggers a panic attack for me. And I've been on set before where I was in my trailer having a panic attack and I felt like I had to hide it. And so now that I just kind of let people know, like, this is something that can happen to me and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And it happens to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, okay with it. I mean, my husband's still kind of like he doesn't really get it. He, he's very kind of carefree. 
and he does his best to kind of understand. But, um, but yeah, it just made me feel better to get it off my chest and to be sort of like a support system in the public eye for people so they don't feel like I have to hide this, you know? Yeah, that's brilliant, yeah. Uh, the, ne the next question I've got is, um, which symptom of anxiety would you say is the scariest for you to deal with? And what are the best tips that you have uh, for dealing with that specific symptom? I think the absolute scariest one for me is when I'm in bed at night and I wake up out of a deep sleep and my heart is pound. Like I wake up from my heart actually pounding against like my chest. It's hitting so hard. It wakes me up and it's going so fast and I can't catch my breath because my heart's beating so quickly. I'm kind of like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. So that's probably the scariest one. And then the pain that I feel with it is so strong that it is, is right in the middle of my chest and goes through to my back, which is scary for me. Cause I know like for women, that's like a heart attack symptom. And so I'm always afraid like one of one time, one of these adrenaline rushes is going to give me a heart attack, even though it's, you can Google it. It says that no one's ever died from a panic attack. So I take solace in that, but, um, but it feels like you're going to die. So yeah, that's the scary. Yeah. That's the scariest thing. And when you get that symptom, what helps um, overcome that? So say, say if you wake up in the middle of the night and you get that symptom, what would you then do? Well, I mean, at that point, when I'm already at 100 like that, I have to take a Valium. Like, there's really right. nothing else. Like, I, I mean, I, I've tried before. I have an app called, um, a really great app called Beat Panic. And that like is a breathing you breathe you, and another app called 48 seconds of breathing. And I try to slow down my breathing, but my heart is literally going brrr, like that. So I have to get the Valium in me immediately because Valium takes about like 10 minutes to work anyway. So yeah. I'll take the Valium and then let my, try to slow my breathing down. But I've heard other things like jumping in a cold shower or sticking your head in the freezer or um, running around. I heard that can help you, but my, my heart, uh, three o'clock in the morning though i don't yeah, really exactly. want to be jumping in the cold shower and my heart is usually beating so fast that like i'm even scared to walk around because i feel like i can't because i can't even catch my breath so yeah i keep my valium right next to my bed for when that happens and i'll take one and um another great thing i recommend to a lot of people that are struggling with nighttime anxiety is magnesium glycinate have you okay. heard of that magnesium yeah. glycinate yeah. It's a natural supplement, and I cannot scream this enough from the rooftops how this has at least cut my amount of panic attacks in half. Um, so I would recommend everyone get some magnesium. I'll check with your doctor first, but it's over the counter. You can get it at Whole yeah. Foods or wherever, Rite Aid or whatever. Magnesium glycinate, and I would get the gel capsules, take it before bed. And you're, I'm telling you, it's changed the game for me for panic attacks. Well, I was going to say the interesting thing with magnesium, there's been a lot of smaller studies and there's been some really good uh, outcomes from the studies so now they're doing some larger studies and hopefully we're going to get some more information about that but yeah there's some really good positive um people coming out saying that it's done some really good things for them it's is... absolutely fantastic i'm also on a um prescription vitamin d supplement that's supposed to help because apparently people with um, anxiety disorders are de are deficient in magnesium, vitamin D, B6. Mm. So I take all of those things. And um, yeah, but the magnesium glycinate has been an absolute game changer, like a really big one. So and then taking the CBD during the day with so I don't have to be like hopped up on Valium or get addicted because obviously benzos, Xanax, yeah. that kind of thing, that can become addictive on its own. 
and can create panic because your body will shake because it doesn't get it. So I try to only take my Valium emergency. So the CBD has really also been a great, um, and I post about Terravita all the time. I actually got involved with them because I tried their CBD and it was the only one that actually did work and calmed me down. So that's a great natural. Right. Are they local? Are they local to you? Um, the, uh, you know, I don't know where they're based. I know they do deliver to the U.S. I'm not sure if they deliver outside of okay. the U.S. But um, yeah, they have like a bunch of stuff. They have uh, capsules. They have these little tinctures, and you just drop it under your tongue and like hold it for 30 seconds and swallow it. And mm -hmm. you know, it comes in 500 milligrams, a thousand milligrams, and two thousand milligrams. And so I'm so drug sensitive and scared of trying anything. That's another part of the anxiety and health anxiety. I think everything's gonna kill me. And so I was really hesitant the first time I tried it because I was like, I don't want to feel high. I don't want to feel weird. I don't want to feel like, you know, unstable or yeah. like, you know, loopy because that triggers my anxiety. And it was the only thing I've ever tried where you don't feel high, you don't feel unstable, you just feel calm. So, no, yeah, but it's taking me a while to try it because yeah. <laughs> I'm like scared of everything. So uh, the next question I have is someone saying you always seem so calm on your videos and in front of the camera. Um, is that because you don't get anxious when you're like playing these roles uh, and when you're acting, or is it that you're just really good at hiding it? Um, you know what's interesting is that I find that getting to act and perform and do stuff, like I've never had an anxiety attack while I'm doing it. And I think it's because you're, my brain is occupied. And so yeah. I actually, that's what I love about acting is like playing these characters or doing all these little sketches and things I do is because while I'm thinking of witty things to say, that part of my brain is the same part of my brain that I think would have anxiety. And because it's already busy doing something else, I can't do the two things at once. Yeah. So it actually is interesting. Like when I'm acting or performing, as soon as it's like action, I can go. But then as soon as it's cut, like then it can come back in. So right. yeah, I don't really have it when I'm performing, which is so, awesome for me. So, yeah. yeah, so when you're performing, like there's just no physical symptoms whatsoever, no? Um, beforehand, yes. Like right. I'll be shaking and nervous and scared, you know, and then as soon as the camera goes, no, it just goes away. Because I can't focus on, you can't do the two things at once, you know, no. like I can't yeah. physically be scared and repeating lines that I memorized or coming up with the sketches that I do. So that's really yeah. interesting. interesting. It's interesting. The brain, like, you know, you have to keep yourself busy. I, I, I guess that's why like grounding techniques work where you like say five things you can see, yeah. you know, five things you can feel five, th you know, describe things because the part of your brain that does that can't is also the same part of your brain that has anxiety and so you can't function those two things at once and even um the recommendation you gave of the book the der book someone having that in their ears is a form of mindfulness so walking around and having that distraction as well is going to lower anxiety as well so absolutely and that is honestly i can't say that enough it's such a good book you guys dare by barry mcdonough it's a fantastic book for anyone struggling with anxiety um the, a couple more questions one of yes. them is brilliant um what has been the best therapeutic method that's helped you so yoga vitamins mindfulness all them sort of things the best therapeutic method i think would be exposure therapy okay honestly to, out of everything i mean mindfulness great meditation fantastic for calming down um 
you know, therapy, talking through things and acknowledging your past and working your way through it and trying to figure out where the anxiety comes from. Great. But I think the only way, like I said, to really get over what I, the kind of anxiety I have is, you know, I have health anxiety and I've gets it turns it's almost a little bit agoraphobic because i get scared leaving my house because then i don't feel safe yeah um is just exposing yourself as much as you possibly can and like i said just small steps like you have to take small steps in the beginning like at first when i when i was i didn't leave my house for like a year in 2000 i think it was 14 and when I started getting auditions and meetings and managers that wanted to represent me from Vine, I had to force myself to uh, go to uh, the meetings. Yeah. And the first couple of times, like I remember being at a meeting at ICM and I was sweating bullets and it was freezing cold in there. And I remember them being like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I think I just have like a fever. And I, but I was so anxiety ridden. I was just like dripping wet. Yeah. Um, but I did it and I made it out alive <laughs> and I came back home. And, I, and so it just took time and time again for me to do that. And then finally you get to a point where you do that enough times that you're like, okay, I made it to the grocery store. Now I can make it to, you know, my friend who lives three hours away. Okay. I made it there. Now I can make it on a trip to Mexico. Okay. I made it there, you know, and even if you have a panic attack while that stuff is happening, a lot of people, you know, will let that stop them from doing it again, but you can't, you have to just keep pushing through, you know? Yeah, and I think it's really important as well with them small steps at each hurdle that you pass. Um, so you really praise yourself and really, um, yeah, really praise yourself for the achievement that you've made. And like you said, yeah. e even if three, four, five times down the line, you find that you do have a panic attack, um, you're not in the same situation as you was at the start. So you've come no. a long way. Um, so yeah. I think that's really important to know that even if you are starting to get panic attacks again, you're not in the same position as you was. Um, so yeah, it's really important to carry on. Yes. And you will find, I think with exposure therapy, at least I have, and, and I'm, I've been doing this for years and I'm still not perfect. You know, I mm -hmm. still get the nerves when I have to go, you know, when he was going to go on tour and we were going to have to go to like other countries for a long amount of time, I started getting really scared. Um, so, but you know, you have to give yourself grace. You can't just expect that a couple times is going to be like you're cured. You know, you have to give yourself grace and, and patience. That's brilliant. And the final question from the followers is, uh, when was the last time you went a few days or a week anxiety free? Anxiety free? Like no anxiety? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I say? I every like there's it's so strange. There's about one day a month where I will wake up and I will feel fantastic. And I don't know what it is. It's just one day each month. And it I think it's cyclical with, you know, my period, which is interesting. Um, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so I it's it really weird, though, like one day a month I wake up and I'm like, I feel so good. And I try to study like everything I did the day before, everything I ate, everything I did. And I'm like, cause I woke up feeling so good today and I get like one really good day a month, but that's about it. I only get one really good day a month. The rest of the days I'm pretty much on my nerve, like pretty tense. I, I mean, like I said, like I take the CBD so that I can function and go about my day. But yeah. a lot of the time I'm always anxious. Like I just am an anxious person. I, I live and I live it, you know? In that, um, on that one day, um, is there like a specific thing that you'd be doing or could you be doing anything on that one day? You know, it's so strange. I just wake up and I open my eyes and I just feel fantastic. And I go, wow, 
like this is what it must feel like to be like quote unquote normal or like so not have you know the racing thoughts or the constant you know kind of yeah. feeling um and it's the best day and i try to just do something that i you, you know normally really scared to do i try to take advantage of it on that day like whether yeah. it be like you know, going and getting a tattoo or like going on a long bike ride or going on a drive to see someone really far. Like I try to take advantage of those days when I feel that way because they're very few and far between, but I'm so grateful for them. Like those are the days that I like really live for because I'm like, fuck, it was, it was a great day. You know, I'll just wake up and I'll know as soon as I wake up, like, oh, I, I, something's different. Everything, the chemicals all lined up perfectly today and yeah. work it out. Yeah. Um, regarding exercise, uh, do you find that that reduces your anxiety or increases it? You know, it's interesting because I've heard for years everyone goes, yeah, exercise is great for, you know, depression and anxiety. And, I, and it worked for, a, it's worked for a lot of people. Um, when I was in high school, I signed up for a gym membership and I ran like three miles every day and, you know, and I still was horribly depressed and horribly anxiety ridden and you know, even at, like recently, my husband and I got a trainer and I was working out a couple times. And then I actually started feeling worse because with me, my metabolism speeds up. And so then it processes my antidepressant quicker. And so then it runs out of my system quicker. And so then I would need more of it. And so that started happening to me. Like I felt really good for like a week. And then the next week I just dropped off and I was like, I can't even handle the workout. Um, and then I went to see my doctor and he goes, well, you're revving up your metabolism and you're metabolizing your antidepressant quicker. And so you're running out of it quicker. Cause I started getting brain zaps and stuff. And I was like, uh, why am I getting brain zaps? It was fucking weird. So, um, that's a horrible yeah. symptom as well, isn't it? Sorry. That's a horrible symptom as well. The brain zaps. Oh, they're, they're awful. And you know, a, a natural thing that I, because I'm on such a low dose of an antidepressant and I don't recommend this unless you talk to your psychiatrist, um, another natural supplement that you can take for if you're getting brain zaps is 5-HTP. I take over the counter 50 milligrams. Um, if you look up 5-HTP, it's actually considered nature's Prozac. And so like if I'm getting zaps or if I'm noticing like my body is metabolizing the antidepressant too quickly, I can take like a 50 milligram 5-HTP at night or during the day, you know, you take it the opposite of when you take your antidepressants so you don't get serotonin syndrome. Um, and so I would do that and that would help with the brain zaps. Yeah, and what I've noticed, um, just just speaking to you on the live, Brittany, is that how open you are talking about anxiety medication, which I really thank you for that because there is, there's definitely not a lot of people who are doing that. And if you look at the scientific evidence of how someone can best manage an anxiety disorder or come out of an anxiety or, uh, disorder, it would be through therapy and medication combined. Absolutely. So I, I think that how open you are speaking about it is just a real credit to yourself. And yeah, I really thank you for doing that. Of um, course, I'm, I'm going to talk about it the rest of my life. And I don't care if people are like, oh, she's crazy or try to like label me in whatever way. Like, I don't mind because I know me and I know I'm not. And I know that, you know, if you had a diabetes and you needed insulin, you know, and you talked That's about up. I have diabetes and I need insulin, no one would go, oh, like you're weird for needing insulin. If you have men, you know, your brain is an organ, it can be defective, you know, and if you need medication for that to help it function properly, you'll take it or you hopefully will or take care of it, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. And for all the followers who 
may not be on your page. I, I don't know why they wouldn't, but where can they find you? Um, do you have um, do, do you have any projects that are coming up soon? And um, yeah, where can they find more Brittany? Well, I do little funny sketches and I have a podcast called Worst First that's out every week on my Instagram page. It's just at Brittany Furlan. I think it's like up top. Um, so I do really funny um, sketches. And then my podcast is called Worst First, where I, I talked about people talk to people about some of the worst things that have ever happened to them because, you know, it's relatable. Everyone's had bad days and things like that. But it's usually very funny. So I do that weekly and I do a funny video weekly. And you put um, them on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. post it all on Instagram so you don't have to go anywhere else. Um, it's on you. Some of it's on YouTube, too. But um I also just did a giveaway and I'm going to try to do more of these. I paint. And so I did some paintings and I sold them. And then I paid for a week of therapy for a lucky winner and then oh, three, cool. three sessions for another winner. And so um, that's like my way of trying to help people that can't afford therapy right now. Cause I know it's kind of expensive. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm going to try to keep doing things like that. So that's brilliant. So I just wanted to take the time out Brittany to thank you again for coming on. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Uh, thank you for sharing your personal journey. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate everything you're doing with your following. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And thank you again cool. for your page. It really helps me. So thank you for, for that. Yeah. Brilliant, Brittany. Thank you again. Have a great day. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to DLC Live. Be sure to follow Dean on Instagram at DLC Anxiety. Check our website at dlcanxiety.com and grab yourself a copy of our latest book, Untangle Your Anxiety, on Amazon today. See you next time.